So we got like the the obviously the design is unique, got some massive selling points, but I just think the community and the content is unique as well. Having all of that together, bringing people into the design process, getting them to, and also we let people speak one to one with professional rugby players in our private Facebook group. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello. Hello, this is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and we're doing something a little bit different this year with some of our episodes. We're repurposing some of our favorite episodes around specific topics related to entrepreneurship. This month, we're focusing on entrepreneurship and community, us, we, our, together, and we're going to look at entrepreneurship and industries and different types of entrepreneurship and ultimately what that really means, but we're also going to delve deeper into the importance of community, networking, niche communities, and how that supports being a CEO entrepreneur and business owner. So sit back and enjoy these special episodes around entrepreneurship and community. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Scott Fleer of Rugby Warfare. Scott, it is awesome to have you on the show. It's good to be here. Hopefully your guests can understand the Welsh accent. Exactly, exactly. We'll try to make it work. (laughs) Well, no, I I appreciate you for being on the show again, Scott. And what I wanted to do was just read a little bit more about you so people can get a better idea of all the awesome things that you're doing. So Scott Fleer is the CEO of Rugby Warfare, which is a rugby clothing company based in the UK. Scott is a self-taught internet marketer, having built and sold his first fitness site by the age of 19. Rugby Warfare started as a side hustle while he was working as the head of CEO for a luxury games rooms retailer and then performance marketing manager for a social sports club in London. He is an avid rugby fan and player and saw a gap in the market for a rugby brand to deliver the three C's, content, community, and clothing. Scott, are you ready to speak to the IMCEO community? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Awesome. 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 Well, I wanted to ask you for your CEO story and for you to drill down a little bit more and to tell us what exactly led you to start your business. Yeah. So like you said, just now about kind of how I got to rugby warfare. Back when I was about 17 or 18, studying for exams, I just got kind of deep dived into the world of forums and a lot of, there's a forum on bodybuilding.com where a lot of people are building their own websites and making money. And I was like, you know, this is amazing. So, you know, at 18, I was curious. I went into the forum. I was like learning how to build websites. And at the time I loved health and fitness and the gym and rugby. So I always had a business mind and I thought this is like a way to get a skill that nobody else will have, in the, you know, when I graduate from university. So yeah, like I self-taught how to build websites with the help of that community and bodybuilding.com. Built my first site, learned about SEO back then, which was proper dodgy, like black hat SEO stuff. Hmm. Thank God it's moved on from that. And then, yeah, like I just loved it. And I was doing more of that than studying. And I kind of built my site. And as I went to university, then I kind of got a job doing SEO for a local supplement company through the website I built. You know, and I'm explaining this story because when I look back at all the things that link up, it's amazing how it's all linked up to where I am now. And when I got introduced to people in the fitness industry and worked for more websites, 
And then I sold that website while at university because I had no money. And I was in Nando's at the time and someone offered me a few thousand and I, and I took it. I lost interest in it. And then that's how I kind of came up with the idea for Rugby Warfare. Because I realized, you know, what I did for the fitness industry with the website about information about training, nutrition and stuff. Nobody was doing it for rugby. It was kind of closed off. So I thought, you know, let's start doing it for rugby. Let's start writing content. Let's use the connections I've built over the last three years to get coaches and players interviewed and stuff. And then, yeah, I built Rugby Warfare in 2012, 2013. Obviously learned SEO by now. And Rugby Warfare at the time was my kind of case study of SEO. And that's how I landed my job as a head of SEO post-university. It had nothing to do with my degree. My degree was business-oriented. But I could show results I did on my own for my own website. And that's how I landed my job as head of SEO and then performance marketing manager. And obviously learning the ins and outs of other companies helped me grow Rugby Warfare as a side hustle. And then as I grew as a person and professional and stuff in marketing, I kind of then changed the side hustle into a full-time thing about two years ago. So yeah, that's the story. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanted to drill down a little bit deeper into Rugby Warfare and hear a little bit more about like how you serve your clients and what exactly you have on your site. Yeah, so like when I started, again, it was like you mentioned the three Cs. It was about content and educating players on how to get better for rugby. This grew like authority in the industry. It grew a community and and about 2015 is like there's been a huge shift in the last five or ten years for the athleisure kind of clothing so people are starting to wear their gym kit socially and people wear clothing to represent who they are end of the day you wear the clothing that you kind of say who you are via what you wear and rugby is a really proud community like people are really proud of to be a rugby player it's a really respectful sport so you know in my head I was like this has to be done and I kind of got feedback from the community I built and the designs we wanted to bring stuff out that you could wear in the gym out the gym on the field and for it to be you know complementary to the physique rugby players physiques are also bigger in general than kind of the normal gym goer I'd say but we didn't want to bring out flashy stuff it was more about again rugby and respect go hand in hand so the clothing had to be kind of smart as you were so yeah that's how like you know i just started thinking we need to bring out the clothing range to represent the rugby the rugby boys and you know people loved it and they just grew from there we brought out designs how we got the first customers though like this is probably important like there's minimum order quantities in clothing and to get over that what we did was we got a design got a sample put some photos up and then started taking pre-orders and how it works is you put a 30% deposit up front for a bulk order and then 70% on delivery. And between that time frame of 30% deposit and 70%, we took the pre-orders, made the profit and then paid it. So we, the risk was really low. So we only released products that sold for the first five or six product launches. And then once we got the money, we were able to do bigger launches, more products, be more risky. But yeah, that's how we got the first customers. We got feedback from the community, new designs out, photos of the design, and then we took pre-orders. I love that. Kind of like a reverse way of thinking because yeah. most people will build it first and then try to sell it when in reality you figure out what the market wants and, and fulfill that. Yeah, exactly. And also don't underestimate how bringing the community into the kind of product design actually gets them involved and they start to, to like the brand more. They're like involved in the products being made. Mm-hmm. They're part of the entire process and it just builds brand loyalty. And just a quick quick story like so then you know like a year and a half after this you know we had enough money to do bulk orders and what what we didn't do for this we didn't do pre-orders we just thought we'd bring out a range of eight to ten products and you know we we thought they'd sell but they didn't so we we went away from what we built the company on because we had the finance to do it and it just flopped so that was a massive lesson like you know just because you can then buy bulk orders without taking pre-orders or feedback 
doesn't mean you should do it. So it's kind of, yeah, so that was a big lesson, you know. Yeah, those are always good to be reminded of. So you might have already touched on it, but I wanted to ask you now for what I call like your secret sauce or what do you feel like I kind of differentiate you from other people that might be within your industry? Yeah, so like, you know, I said the three C's, we're content, community, clothing. I think a lot of people don't really bring all of that together. Uh, our designs are unique compared to the competitors. You know, our, the design that we use exclusively designs for us and it's, it's We've got a specific look to the brand that other brands don't have. And this is because we're a younger brand compared to the older rugby brands. They're probably run by older men and they stick to the classic doable stuff where we're using, you know, new fabrics and like we're pushing the, the designs out there. We're using different kind of cuts and stuff. So we go like the, the obviously the design is unique. That's a massive selling point. But I just think the community and the content is unique as well. Having all of that together bringing people into the design process, getting them to, and also we let people speak one-to-one with professional rugby players in our private Facebook group. And if you look at other sports, this doesn't happen. If you try to get a football fan, soccer, to have a one-to-one conversation with Cristiano Ronaldo on Facebook, you know, it's not possible. <laughs> with mm-hmm. us, you know, we've got a former World Player of the Year, Shane Williams. He was, he's one of the best rugby players ever to play. He's in the group. We've got... Ross Moriarty was a Welsh international and he played for the British and Irish Lions, which is the top of the top. You can ask him directly one-to-one questions and there's other players from you know New Zealand and Fiji you can do the same with. I think that just adds this extra special touch to what, you know, we're not just asking people for money to buy stuff. We're giving them this meant really crazy value back that you can't really just buy. Exactly, exactly. Now I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you for what I call a CEO hack. And this might be a resource like an app or a book, or Mm. maybe it's a habit that you lean on that makes you more effective and efficient as a business owner. Yeah, this is easy. It's got to be podcasts and audiobooks. Like, you know, you spend a lot of time alone as a CEO of a company. You might travel a lot. I think like listening to podcasts, you know, some of my favorites, How I Built This speaks to other founders of companies like Instagram, Starbucks, or else is that there's five guys and you just kind of, you know, they ask the questions you want to know. And it's like speaking to someone who's in the same kind of position as you, obviously different revenue streams, but having that daily is key because, you know, you're speaking, you're on your own, basically. And being able to just get new ideas and listening to it while traveling, insights of like-minded people just get you in the zone every day. I think, you know, that's the best thing I've done is listen to audiobooks or podcasts daily. Yeah, I love that. And and being able to kind of fit that in, especially if you're on the go often to be able to kind of just, you know, pop on your earphones and be able to take in that content or information for whatever it is that you're you're kind of looking for insight about is phenomenal. So I think that's a a great CEO hack. And now I wanted to ask you for what I call... One one, one more one. Mm -hmm. If someone's listening to this, a new podcast I listen to is called Business Wars. And it's absolutely amazing. It's about like, you know, Nike versus Adidas, Marvel versus DC. And it just goes in depth in between Sony versus Nintendo. Right. And you just see like everything that goes behind the scenes of these companies. And it just makes you realize that, you know, what you, the finished product you see is nowhere near what's actually happened. So yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. That's a really good one. Now I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. And this might be a word of wisdom or a piece of advice you have for entrepreneurs and business owners. Yeah. So like, I don't know if this is like a general one, but, you know, listen to advice through someone who's been through something similar. I say this because I don't know how many times I've actually offered advice to friends or other people I've known through friends who will connect me with someone and say like, but this is Scott. He's got his own clothing brand. You want to do something similar and I'll, I'll, I'll give him my advice. 
basically just make mistake, mistakes I've did, I've done, sorry, so they don't do, but they never take the advice because they think, you know, they know better, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They come back three to four months later, oh, who's that person you told me about? Or what's that resource <laughs> you said? I mean, they, they've, it's too late then. So, you know, always be open to advice from people who have gone down the path you're looking to go down. Don't think you're too good because you're doing your own thing, you know, your own boss. It means nothing end of the day. Like just listen to advice. And I, I, I always listen to advice of people if they're given it. I don't, some people really zone out when someone tries to give them advice. I think it could be ego or they just think they know everything. But end of the day, like just listen to advice from people who have been through things. Cause that's the quickest way to learn. I thought, ah, oh, what's the quote? Someone said, anyway, there's a quote, you know, you don't need to do the same mistakes as someone else because they've already done the mistakes. So learn from their mistakes. You can do less mistakes. You don't have to do all the same mistakes as other people have done. They've already done it. Get me? So, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, that, and this idea of like standing on the shoulders of giants, so to speak. So you have somebody that's already been successful. You're going to learn as much mm. as you can from what they've done so that you're able to kind of reach farther and see farther. So I love that. Exactly. The nugget as well. So now I wanted to ask you, which is my favorite question for the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different CEOs on this podcast. So I wanted to ask yeah. you specifically, what does being a CEO mean to you? Yeah, I've had to think. I've had to think about this. It's like it's 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 like three or four things. It's on freedom. Obviously, you've got ultimately you're in control of your own life and destiny. That's number one. Loneliness, like that's a huge one. You are going to be very, 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 very lonely. You're in your own head. You've got no boss to ask stuff to. You might have a mentor. End of the day, it's on your head. And then unstable. You're going to literally need to get used to being going through ups and downs and new territories every month, every week. So like those three things are really things that stand out to me when I think about my own journey and being a CEO. Also as well, like CEOs, I think it's more of an American term to UK. If you're going to UK, people may use managing director, but I think CEO is just a term someone should use. If Even if you're a one-person organization or a hundred, if you're hiring freelancers or affiliates or brand ambassadors, you know, you're essentially running a little sales team as the ambassadors. An affiliate is kind of like, you know, again, a little sales team or freelancers is your own content team. You know, back in the day, you might have to hire them full-time yourself, but this new world, you don't need to hire people full-time. You can do freelancers and brand ambassadors are your sales guys. So, you know, you're basically running a ship and you're bringing all of this together to kind of bring your vision to life. I think that's what a CEO is. It's not about how many people you employ or how much money you make. It's about bringing loads of things together to deliver your vision, essentially. So that's what it means to me anyway. I love it. I, you know, I love that definition. I love those three aspects as you talked about freedom, loneliness, and un- unstable instability on the center degree because there's a lot of aspects of that when you're running a business, no matter how big or how small. So Scott, I, I truly appreciate you for taking some time out of your schedule to speak with us. What I want to do was pass you the mic, so to speak, to see if there's anything additional you want to let our readers and our listeners know, and then also how best people can get a hold of you. Just like uh, advice, you, you, you I've got some advice like I read a lot of books and one of my favorite authors is Ryan Holiday. So he's an author. He's got a book called Ego is the Enemy and The Obstacle is the Way, which is used by loads of NFL teams. And he kind of bases his books off stoicism, which is like a philosophy. Mm-hmm. And one thing in those books that really stood out to me was this, this saying, Amo Fati, which means love of fate or love your fate. And I, you know, when I was going through a really bad time when I, when I studied earlier, but that massive mistake I did, you know, Amofati means just love everything that happens to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically take it on your shoulders and say, you know, I got to deal with this. I'm the person to deal with this. And I think that's important as an entrepreneur or CEO. 
that, you know, if you're going through bad times, just understand, like, you know, you're going through it for a reason. You're going to come out better for it. Don't get into a negative sock. You know, why me? Why me? Just think having that kind of, having these kind of sayings to kind of guide you every day is important. So I'd recommend reading those books. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to put those in the show notes as well. And if, and if someone wants to reach out to you, Scott, what's the best way for them to, to hear from you? If you want any questions, you can email me scott at rugbywarfare.com. You can go follow me on Instagram, Scott Fleer or Twitter, and I'll get you know for any questions there. Those are the easiest ways. Scott, thank you so much again for taking some time out of your schedule. And I just hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Nice one. Nice to be on you. Thank you soon. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.